To meet my father, you'd have to go for a bit of a drive. The town I live in is not exactly the epicenter of the known universe. I can't even say it's on the outskirts. You know that type of place that you drive through on a road trip to more exciting places? The kind that you have to scour the map for just to find out where you're at. You pass a worn sign on the highway that you don't know how you ended up on and you can't seem to find a way off. Roseland, Oregon. Population 876. Established 1851. Elevation 2,345 feet. Gateway to the Cascades. Exit 235A will be up on your right, almost buried in pine trees. If you didn't know it's there, chances are you might just drive right on by. Never the wiser of a town that lies a mile to the north. From 235A, you'll hit the only road in Roseland, Poplar Street. You'll probably notice that the road feels a bit bumpy under the tires of your car. It hasn't been repaved in God knows how long. The city council has said year after year that it's just not in the town's budget to have Poplar Street resurfaced. It's more important that we keep the town afloat in these trying times. It's hard to argue against covering potholes as opposed to closing the library, in that the council is always right. Council makes it sound a lot more important than it actually is. Really, it's just Mayor Walken and Sheriff Griggs making the decisions. And by that, I mean it's just Sheriff Griggs. Walken hasn't had an original thought since 1994, when it's said that he decided to quit chewing tobacco and take up smoking instead. Because it was a healthier choice, especially if you smoke the ultralights. Now the cigarette companies can't call cigarette lights or ultralights anymore, as it seems they all still cause your lungs to turn black. I tried a cigarette once, after asking my Aunt Christy for one when I was 17. She told me to take it around the back of the house so I wouldn't get caught. She slipped her bejeweled lighter into my hand with a smile and a wink. I hightailed it around to the back, put that cigarette between my lips, filter first, and lit up, taking the deepest drag I could. I swallowed the smoke with the intention of making it come back up and out my nose, because it would look so cool. But it only took a moment where my throat worked to push it down into my lungs, where the smoke hit my lungs, that I realized I was not destined to be addicted to nicotine. I started coughing painfully, smoke pouring out of my mouth in gray bursts. My eyes watered as I started to gag. I dropped the cigarette onto the grass with the intention of grinding it out with my heel, but my body had other plans. Retribution for the poison I had put in me. I threw up all over my shoes. The cigarette went out with a hiss. Great gales of laughter poured down from above me. I spit onto the ground trying to rid my mouth of the excess saliva flooding my teeth. In the window, staring down, were four faces, all so very similar, lit up with delight. What was different was the way they laughed. Aunt Christie shook her head as she snorted, her curly blonde hair hanging down in her face. Hers was a low, throaty chuckle. On her left were two of her sisters, the youngest of the group, my other aunts, Nina and Mary. Theirs was a high-pitched giggle, a sound that should grate the ears and cause the skin to prickle, but it never did, instead reminding me of bells. They shook their heads as tears sprang from their eyes. They are a trio, and they are mine. But it was the last woman who was laughing at me that meant the most. The last woman who I had not heard laugh in what felt like ages. Hers was a loud thing, a big thing. She laughed big for a woman her size. It was almost hard to believe that such a great noise could come from someone so small. It was wondrous to behold, like finding a treasure once thought lost. Her name is Lola Green, and she is my mother. 
So I rolled my eyes up at them as they hooted down at me, asking me if I felt like such a big man now, standing in a pool of my own cooling vomit. They asked if I had learned my lesson. They asked if I would ever do something like that again. I didn't tell them, but I told myself, yes, I would do it again. If it meant they would laugh, then yes. If it meant I could hear my mother's laugh like nothing in the world mattered but that moment, then yes, of course yes. I would do anything just to hear her laugh like that.